Welcome to the School Food Rocks podcast, a platform where we will discuss all things school food related and how we can improve school food on a national level. This is the School Food Rocks podcast. Welcome back to the School Food Rocks podcast. This is your host, Joe Urban, Director of Food and Nutrition Services for Greenville County Schools in Greenville, South Carolina. Joining me today as co-host of the School Food Rocks podcast is Lauren Kushwa, Culinary Specialist for Greenville County Schools. Uh, as most of our listeners already know, I'm a huge believer in the positive benefits effective marketing can have on school food service programs. Through my School Food Rocks social media, Twitter, and Instagram platforms, as well as the School Food Rocks Greenville County Schools Food and Nutrition Services Facebook page, I share the incredible work being done daily by our 750 incredible cafeteria staff with our local community and the greater nationwide school food service industry followers. Marking our program through these social channels has been instrumental in our efforts to promote school food service excellence throughout the country, not just here in Greenville. And it has been the single greatest method for us to connect with colleagues throughout the country in our industry. You know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. You have to tell your own story. If you don't tell your story, somebody's going to tell it for you. And I guarantee it's not going to be the right story. So I always encourage everybody, tell your story, tell your story, tell your story. I'm extremely excited today to have a special guest on the show. He's a good friend, and he is absolutely crushing the game when it comes to school food service marketing. Talking about the one and only Marlon Gordon, founder and CEO of NextGen Network. NextGen Network is a marketing, advertising, and production agency that's passionate about relationships, telling stories, and empowering others through their innovation. He partners with those in, in school food service, hospitality, food and beverage, and also has an international philanthropic project called NextGen Cares. Really excited to learn a little bit more about that. Marlon's also the co-creator and host of First Taste TV. First Taste TV is a show dedicated to giving industry members opportunities to reach operators where they live through video. Creator and host of Next Up, a talk show focusing on thought leadership and live viewer engagement. He's also the host of Next Up Podcast. He's a co-creator of digital publications such as Served, DigiZine, and Indulge. He's also the creator and MC of Ignite, an in-person celebration for professionals working in food service. Uh, Marlon has spent multiple years working on the operation side of child nutrition in an extremely large district. He spent multiple years working on the industry side. He's a visionary, a team builder, and he's fueled by his faith that brings him to do things that others think are impossible. For those of you that want to learn how to better promote your programs, not just school food service programs. If you want to learn how to promote your restaurant, your shirt store, whatever it may be, you're going to love this episode with Marlon. So without further ado, let's go. Marlon Gordon, welcome to the School Food Rocks podcast. Uh, Lauren and I are excited to talk to you today, man. It's been a while since we've seen each other, but um, you were one of the the first people we said we wanted to talk to on this podcast after we got through some of our internal staff introducing Greenville County School. So glad we're here, brother. How you doing today? 
I am doing fantastic. First of all, thank you both so much for having me on the podcast. It's, it's cool to be uh, desired by the Greenville. So I'm happy to be here. I can't wait to get into the conversation. And um, yeah, let's go. All right. First <laughs> off, let's not blow up our heads too much, nor yours. Now keep going. Keep going. <laughs> keep, going keep going. Keep going. Keep it up, yeah. sir. But we're very Just happy to have you. Bigger. Yeah. It's been a long time yeah. coming, man. You were one of the very first people we spoke about having on um, outside of Greenville staff. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. I've been thinking about having you on my podcast, but you know what? I I enjoy being on your podcast way you more couldn't than- couldn't afford us. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I couldn't afford you guys. <laughs> That's really what it was. <laughs> but no, it's just cool to be in the podcast with you because, Laura, like me and you go way back from my operator days. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but um, Joe was the very first district I ever visited as a next gen brand. Oh, that's and awesome. That visit, yeah, that visit kind of kind of got me got me started on this. Was was, was that really before you officially launched? Because I, I I felt like what year was yeah. that, Marlon? Oh gosh, I don't know. Was it six years ago? Something that sounds about ago? right. Yeah. It was a while back because that was when I was um, doing a little bit of a side gig and pulling some double duty back in the day. I hadn't I hadn't fully committed to my to my passions yet. And I was working for another company at the time, but I was on my way out. And I mean, let's be real. Like people talk about Greenville and what you guys are doing. And I was like, you know what? I need to meet Joe Urban for myself and for my own opinion about their district and what he's doing. And I went there and you completely blew my mind. And not only did I learn about marketing, advertising, social media, controlling narratives and creating your own narrative, but I saw what, a real leader looks like and your team absolutely loves you and that's probably why you guys are doing the amazing things that you're doing because of that leadership and the innovation and all that stuff and it was just a really good trip for me to um to help push me into where i'm at right now i was excited when you visited and thank you for the kind words we have we have an incredible incredible team here we I mean we go to we cast wide nets when we're, when we're looking for new talent here, when somebody retires or we create a new position, we cast pretty wide nets um, because mm -hmm. we know if you, if you want to be the best, you better hire the best. And then yeah, you better exactly. like give them some direction and get the hell out of the way and let them work. And hopefully, hopefully my people will say, I do that. Um, I hope they will. Uh, Cause it's, I believe yeah. in that. And it's hard because I try to stay very, very, very involved in every aspect of our business. But I also also know I, I, I hired good people and I just need to sit back and watch them work and, and enjoy the fruits of their labor. And uh, it's been a wonderful ride here in Greenville. I've been here 15 years. Um, I remember your visit and I was very excited. I remember we were, I don't think we had met in person before that. I don't think so. No, I, I sent you a random email. Yeah. I was like, this guy's not going to respond back to me. But little did I know, Joe Urban always always responds to emails. That's to right. Everybody. <laughs> you know why? Because we're all in this for the same reason and how we can help. And you told me, hey, I'm I'm in this role right now, but I'm starting this and I really like to come up here. And I was like, brother, come. Brother, come. Yeah. And instantly I yeah. was impressed with you because you're an incredibly smart and talented and uh visionary young man. You're a little bit older now, but you're really young back then. And I and <laughs> I, I just going. You know, I just knew in the in the few hours I spent with you that I don't really know exactly. You kind of told me what you were you were working towards, and it was hard to picture. And and what you're doing now is very different from what I think, or or you expanded upon it a lot from what you originally started. Yeah. And I was like, man, you know what? I don't know if that's going to work or not. But if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be this kid because he's a killer. 
He's a killer. He's going to make this work. So that being said, let's talk about, tell us about next gen. What is next gen and all the other facets of it that you've broken off into? Well, real quick, before I get into that, I have to give a shout out to Lauren because it was, it must've been like three weeks tops after I visited with you that I actually went to visit with Lauren and then I told her about my experience with you and you guys got connected shortly after. He said, you hire, you hired the best and you got to admit Lauren's one of the best. Oh, well, so- Lauren should be giving a shout out to you <laughs> I was because say. when she applied, you know, I'm going, I'm a social media guy. So I'm like, I'm stalking all these social media platforms. Here she is, who she's connected with that I know. And you were one of the, the, few people I called on. I was like, all right, we had a lot of connections in common, but we hadn't met. Um, We had never communicated before me and Lauren, but I noticed we had a lot of connections in common, which is common in this industry. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a, for 14,000 plus school districts in the country. And I don't know how many people that is working in this industry, not counting the broker, uh, manufacturer, uh, distributor side. I mean, it's, it's such a large industry, but at the same time, it's so, so, so tiny. So, I found the few connections that I, that we had in common, that I had in common with Lauren, that I could, that I know would tell me the truth. Because obviously, if I if I found a connection that I knew, but like I see them like taking bathroom selfies in a restaurant in Lee County, sure she's gonna say something good. But I knew you wouldn't lie to me. Why's it gotta be a she? Because those are the only people that take bathroom selfies. Um, so uh, you were one of the I think three people I called and said, hey, um seriously considering interviewing this girl what can you tell me and because of what you said and what the other two people said lauren's sitting here right now and she's privileged to work with me because of what you said i mean that's pretty fair i'm reminded of it every day yes well you gotta, you gotta make sure they understand where they are here so no lauren was, lauren's <laughs> exactly. been fabulous and it was you so thank you to you i mean it yes, was Marlon. it was in great part to to your testament of her character why i even considered her and then when i got her in person and and we sat down for our 45 minute interview that lasted i don't know three hours almost three hours almost three hours <laughs> i was like damn she's not getting this job but i'm not letting her leave south carolina before offering her another job and i think that's kind of how that's exactly how it went yeah. down yeah that and, was cool. Uh, yeah, that, no, so shout out to you, Marlon, because of that. That's incredibly true. And I would have never reached out to him had you not told me. And then while we're at yeah. it, we might as well say, hey, Steve Shockley and Travis as well for your yeah, recommendations that yeah. uh, I later found <laughs> out about. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, dang it, man. I think Joe's been talking to everybody about me. What is going yeah. on here? So I could, we had a ton <laughs> of connections in common. I could have contacted a bunch of them, but I knew these three people wouldn't lie to me. Yeah, they're good guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yes, yeah. All right. So enough Thank of you, patting Lauren. everybody on the back and giving everybody a shout. We're all, all three of us are awesome on this podcast. So now that that's out of the way. Now that that's out of the way. Let's <laughs> yeah. talk some business. Now it's time to move on. All right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, so next in, right. So whenever I first visited, visited you, Joe, um, I was there as like next gen innovators. So I used to work in the school district. I was at Pasco County. Um, and from there, I went to go work on the industry side in a sales position for a technology company, but I always related to operators. Like it was never about the sale. It was never about the stockholders, none of that. I didn't care about that. I cared about you guys, right? And I found in the position that I was in, I was 
pretty much limiting myself. Like I wanted to help more. I wanted to serve more. I wanted to meet more people and like get my hands dirty and that sort of thing. So when I left, I was focusing on um, consulting. So technology consulting, marketing, we're doing social media. I had just started dabbling into like logo design and branding and those sorts of things. And that's what I did from January, 2019 up until like April, 2019 when the pandemic hit. And that's kind of when I had to pivot because at that point I couldn't offer services to school districts anymore. I was, or offer paid services. I was offering free services at that point because, you know, like I related to you guys, like I wanted to help, you know, there was a lot to do and it, it wasn't something that I wanted to charge people for. But at the same time, I just quit my corporate job and I had to feed my family. Well, luckily, um, I came across Amanda Venenzio and she had this crazy idea for First Taste TV. And she said she reached out to me because she, she said I was the only person crazy enough to take the chance with her. And we did. And that first year, or actually, it was like four months that we planned and executed First Taste TV. And we filmed 15 episodes with like 13 different manufacturers. Our production crew was the um, the same guys that did Dateline NBC. We filmed at a studio in Chicago. It was a pretty big deal. And that's kind of how we got on the map um, as Next Gen Network. But if anybody knows me, I'm always thinking, what's next, right? So that was great and all, but what's next? And what happened was I turned Amanda's idea, her project into a business because from that point, I was like, all right, so... We just did something that was more on like a national level, but it was kind of pricey. How do we find ways to serve the more regional manufacturers? And even more importantly to me, the state associations who I wanted to partner with and support. Because once again, I find them very relatable. So then we came out with From the Show Floor and that we filmed in bulk. So we had 47 videos that we filmed in three days. And uh, there was, oh gosh, man, we put that together maybe six months after we did first taste tv and that was just crazy that was absolutely nuts and um from that point i was like all right well now we have all this content we have all this video content what are we going to do with it like like how can we share it in a way that's easily digestible by our audience and um, i was like oh well why don't we make a magazine but make it better because from being on the operator side, I understood that um, people aren't always reading the magazines that they're given because they're not always as engaging as they could be. Mm-hmm. And I understood from the industry side that industry members, they only want return on their investment. They want clicks, they want analytics, they want to see who's looking at what, how long they're looking at that page and that sort of thing. And you can't do that with a print magazine, right? right. So I'm a huge nerd. and. Uh, Shout out to my wife, Ashley. She gave me this idea. In Harry Potter, the pictures come to life, right? The newspapers come to life. So why can't they make a digital publication, which we call a digizine, where the pictures are actually videos and it's more engaging and you can click on links and you can have buttons and you can have podcasts in there and all sorts of different things, right? So that became our um, platform for distributing content, whether it was audio, video, pictures, whatever. And that's a publication that's written by K-12 for K-12. Yeah, I love your first taste, uh, Digizine. It is it is awesome. And, you know, one of my favorite aspects of it is the ability to click on things and then a video comes out or you can listen to a podcast. And I should have known that was Ashley's idea because it is super cool. <laughs> well, it's definitely next level, uh, yeah. that's for sure. Oh, that's great. It I love it. It is next level, absolutely. 
Yeah, and, and what's cool is that um, so many times we see innovative ideas coming from outside of child nutrition, but they make their way, their way into child nutrition. Right. Well, this time it was kind of the opposite. So we have this publication called Serve Digizine, and we started to get some attention outside of K-12. So are you guys familiar with FM magazine? Food yeah, magazine? absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're talking so to somebody who I think has been featured in it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, really? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so yeah, so we're actually, we're, we're partnering with them and FM magazine is coming back. Um, we're going to do it quarterly. The first issue is going to be in February, but next and network is partnering with FM on it and it's going to come out as a digizine. And we are super that's excited about dude, that. That's huge awesome. news, brother. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah very cool. Thank you. Thank you. So that's, that's some, that's some recent news, but what's cool is Ooh, so we, we just got like a hot take together. Did. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Um, we love bringing people together and I like the idea of giving K-12 a seat at the table. And this is one of those ways where we have the opportunity to do that because inside the FM magazine, there will be a little issue of serve there too, where we highlight K-12 and all the amazing things you guys are doing. Because let's be real, like you guys are the biggest restaurants in any community and you have a lot of success and procedures and all that stuff that could be shared and innovative ideas with those outside of K-12. So this is going to be one of those opportunities to really share that information, what you guys are doing, and this give you a amazing. shout out, the shout out that you deserve. Yeah. Oh man, I love it. So yeah. I had no idea that this was a thing. I feel like this is very, very cool. And, uh, you know, talk about like, we're going to blow each other's heads up <laughs> in the best way possible <laughs> uh, during our, our time together. But Thank you so much because there is so much that we do. Um, and when I say we, I mean school nutrition professionals across the country, you know, Greenville, of course, but across the country that goes unrecognized or unheard of. And so many people out there, we just did a, a podcast earlier and Joe mentioned, you know, one of the best collaborations and ideas come from working with um, higher education and visiting campuses, mm -hmm. college campuses and things like that. But we are very much a county or a district that looks at trends and, you know, making sure our menu is sticking with trends and what students want to eat. And um, that partnership between us and the basically retail side is what we call it, right? If you're if you're a, yeah. a manufacturer or a broker or somebody, you're like, I've got my retail side, i got my K-12 side. Um, but anybody on the retail commercial side of things, that's cool. That's given us a voice at the table and probably one of the best ways, you know, that you can. I appreciate that. That's very cool. And that, and it's a yeah, like, solid, you know, solid partner. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, they're oh. they're great. We've done a few different things for so it's actually Informa. They're the company that's over, you know, these restaurant news, food management magazine, create all those different brands. And um we've kind of turned into their their conference crew. So we do a lot of production work for them. So we'll go to conferences, we'll film interviews. Um we actually do two other publications for them already. Um we did one for Create, um, and then which is their their conference and then we did one for them at NRA. So they National Restaurant Association last year. Um, so they've been absolutely amazing partners. Um, and it's one of those partnerships where you learn from each other, right? So right. it's mutually beneficial in the best sorts of ways. And they've just been great people to work with. Very cool. To work for. All right. Well, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a strong believer in that there's a lot of great going on out there in school food service. Um, but unfortunately, what generally grabs the highlights is, you know, poor 
school food, not great school food. So, uh, you know, any anybody that gets in this business um, to try to help promote the great being done in school food service, I applaud. So I applaud you, sir. You know, and if you look at your productions, if you look at if you look at um, some of the things you've done um, with First Taste TV and um, Next Up and all that, I mean, you look at it like, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, obviously that's a seasoned industry veteran with like millions of dollars behind him because the productions are as good <laughs> as anybody. But um, can I share this? That's not the case. Yeah, go for it. This dude started <laughs> yeah. this business with the money in his pocket and built it <laughs> up into an incredible, incredible platform mm-hmm. with, um, and I love how you keep branching out from it. So you got so many great things ahead of you, man. Not to mention the amazing I mean, guests that you've had on First Taste TV, particularly oh, man, Bella and Olive, you- <laughs> our daughters. <laughs> yes, we we had our daughters on an episode of First Taste TV for I the Mushroom that. Council, and and um, that's probably one of our highest viewed episodes. Oh, probably I love because it. Of Bella and Olive, <laughs> probably. Well. So Lauren is going to blow her head up a little bit. She is still the most downloaded School Food Rocks podcast episode. So hopefully, um, hopefully you can get a lot of up until this one. Oh yeah, ho- <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you're going to get enough downloads and knock her off her pedestal because she needs to be knocked down a notch. Never and yeah, not for nothing. Never. This episode and I co-hosted with Joe on another episode. You better believe I'm adding all those numbers into my time on <laughs> School Food Rocks podcast. Well, so Marlon's a technology geek. He's gonna he's gonna tell you that those analytics here aren't gonna transfer over to your episode one of the school food rocks podcast. You can't add yeah, that. It's my time on, I'm saying my All time right. on. All right. Cool, cool, uh, cool. Yeah, so but, um, what else is going on? So yeah. how 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 is how are districts around the country responding to your new platforms? And um, how do you think it is really helping others improve, move forward, make new connections, things like that. So districts are responding really, really well to it. They seem to like it. Um, and I think it's because I keep evolving with the times and we grow with the times and we we're paying attention to what the need is out there and even the want. And we always try and produce something in an engaging, innovative way. We like to do edutainment. So like something that's educational, but it's also entertaining. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the pivots you mentioned earlier was next up. And I'll never forget, like we started to feel the pinch of the pandemic, right? I was talking to a major, 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 major manufacturer, and you were talking about like advertising. And he was like, look, man, he was like, supply chain is brutal. We don't have any product to sell. We don't want to advertise. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like, what am I going to do? Because I got to keep this company going. I'm going to quit it, right? So what's the next idea? And I was like, oh, what about thought leadership, right? So I've seen people out there do, you know, tons of webinars and Zooms and those sorts of things. And I mean, they work, but they're kind of boring. Yes. So I was like, how can we make that better? So I'm a, I'm a Kevin Hart fan um, and he has this talk show out there. And I pretty much took some concepts from his talk show, combined it with mine and married them with the needs that manufacturers had. And now we do like we've taken the Zoom or the webinar and turned it into a talk show on a stage. Like there's a full set, multiple cameras, and we still do that live interaction that you would get if you were on the Zoom. So we have a moderator that sits on stage on the next up stage, and he or she actually is communicating with the people that are watching virtually and the people that are on stage. So um, that 
was probably one of our largest successes that that we've had as a company being able to pull that off and i mean you guys have to get ceus right but you don't always want to sit through a boring class so we're like oh well let's let's make learning fun so we came out with this talk show and that's been really really well received that's awesome. and it gives us the opportunity to once again bring people together whether it's you know, manufacturers and school districts or um, organizations like Urban School Food Alliance and, and, and ICN. So that's been a lot of fun. And um, I've actually seen districts take that content and those episodes and share them with the entire staff nice. to get those things like CEUs and to inspire and educate and do that sort of thing. That's fantastic. So you're, yeah, you're absolutely, you're, you're, you're a visionary in this industry. Um, you know, because, you know, before, before you and before the things you're doing, I mean, it, it's, it was a tough market to get into for a number of reasons. One, manufacturers have a limited amount of money to put towards K-12 marketing. And a lot of that historically has gone in, you know, to one organization, uh, which is the School Nutrition yeah. Association. Um, rightly so. A lot of members, 50,000 plus members. And, you know, they're, they're the group mm -hmm. that advocates for our programs on the Hill. And, and, uh, yeah. uh, I think they do a good job. Um, but re did you pose as some sort of, uh, challenger for them as far as in regards to gaining or stealing or earning, uh, marketing dollars from manufacturers? Now we're about to get into it, aren't we? We are. We are <laughs> so of, of course I did. Um, but it was never intentional. So people need options, right? And SNA, they are fantastic at a lot of the things that they do. Like there is no way I could accomplish all the policy support yeah. and all the yeah. educational that, that, that they do like that. Nor I could never do it, nor do I even want to attempt to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but once again, I feel like we're always stronger together. And um, so at first, yes, they did see us as a competitor, I believe. I'd love, um, this, I love to see them come up, reach out to you and, and <laughs> incorporate. Well, actually, they have. So have they really? They have. So, we, yes, we are actually doing some work for them at SNIC this year. Um, I can't wait. And awesome. I'm actually, I'm hoping to grow it into something a lot bigger that I, I can't mention yet because I haven't had the meeting with the powers that be over there. But we do have plans. But yes. yeah, so I mean, at first we we were kind of dipping into their, their marketing dollars. Um, but it wasn't like it wasn't an attack on them. We were just trying to provide solutions that were innovative, that were cost effective, and that the people wanted. So that's what we did. But we were able to turn that initial turbulent relationship into something better that's beneficial to nice. both organizations and most importantly the students out there that need to get these meals um and it was funny because i can be a bit bullish right and i'm super competitive so in a conversation with them we had a real talk one day a zoom call and they made some some very fair points like i am a small organization i don't like waiting around for people and when there's something i want to do i'm just going to go out there and do it and there were things that I've done in some places that I went that maybe might have seen combative mm -hmm. to them, but maybe kind of sort of it was <laughs> because I'm competitive. But um, I just I don't like waiting on people. I like to do what I feel is best. And I don't I like challenges and obstacles. 
just so I could overcome them. And at a certain point in that initial relationship, they were an obstacle that I wanted to overcome, but I did it in a professional way, I believe. And now we're, we're partnering with them. So it's really cool. Look, I, love I, that. I think only good things can happen with SNA and you getting together um, for, for both organizations. So um, yeah, hopefully I'm, I'm hoping I can give them a little, a little bit of edge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're definitely going to bring a new perspective and that's good. Um, I, I think that's important for any organization to make sure that they're, they're trying to stay ahead of the times and bring in people and with fresh insights um, and mm-hmm. I it, ultimately, if what you do separately and what you do with SNA, if all of that results in more information, more support, more help for school districts around the country to serve incredible mm-hmm. food, that's great. I mean, that, that's got to be all yeah. our goals, all our goals. Yeah, we have, a, we have a common goal. And you know what? We as separate organizations, we could both be successful individually but we could be so much more impactful and more positive and do more good if we do work together. So partnerships, partnerships and relationships mm-hmm. are important. That, yep. that, that, yes, sir. That's, that's critical. Talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, we're talking about marketing today, but, you know, things that can help school districts improve their marketing plans. Uh, first off, what? how do you think the vast majority of people around the country do really marketing their own programs and then unfortunately i don't think they do the best job because i feel like they're stuck in their heads and they think that they can't but they can one thing that i know about people in um, child nutrition is they are incredibly resilient Mm -hmm. and if you give them a task they will thrive right so um i know a lot of people don't take the uh, approach that you do by posting on social media like they should. Um, but honestly, it's not that difficult to like take your cell phone, take a few pictures of smiling kids eating nutritious foods. I learned that from you back yeah. in the day and post on social media. Like it's, it's not that hard and just stay active, stay current and engage with people and, there's just so many people trashing child nutrition. It's absolutely ridiculous. Some of the best meals I've had were at a school district. And I'm comparing those to the restaurants that I go to when I travel. But no one's talking about it and no one's showing it. Like all we get are the parents that are posting these wild pictures. Who knows where they got them from um, on child nutrition, creating this horrible narrative that just isn't true. So I just wish people would um, have a little bit more courage, right? Like just practice, play around with it, buy a light box. I mean- you know, the, I, I do know that meal. there are a lot yeah. of districts out there who are not allowed to manage a social media account. I was one of them in you Lee County. Yeah, yeah, we were told right off the bat, like, hey, you can't do this. We have our own page. So if you want anything done, send us your photos. We'll do posts for you. Yeah. And I was like, no. Because I think one of the things that goes wrong is not only for school districts, but also for school nutrition programs that do try to market their program through social media is like you said, it's not difficult to go out there with a cell phone, take a photo, right? What is difficult is to continue to do that. And if you're sporadic with your post and you're not keeping your audience engaged, then you're going to lose the point of that social media, which is to tell your story. It's a discipline. It's got to happen every day. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was one of my things where where I was. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. So we proposed to Oh my gosh, we had the only reason I was able even to start doing my own Facebook page was the communications director left and a new one was coming in. 
and not for nothing. She had a fabulous name. Her name was Lauren. And so I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm going to go talk to Lauren and get with her about this. And she came over to us from one of the local news channels and she was all about it. And then that's when I wrote my job description to have a supervisor of marketing, which was um, fortunately our oh, yeah. first hire, Brianna, not Gustafson, yep. uh, Vega now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that's how we got rolling. So we were really fortunate we hired our own person. But, you know, here in Greenville, we just promoted our fabulous Tammy Bell to this role of helping more with social media and everything. But prior to that, you know, it was all Joe. I help in where I can, um, us sending each other photos or post ideas, and Tammy would send in photos. You know, work with your team and what you do have. Now, you know, one thing I do want to say, we do an amazing job here, but that wasn't overnight. You know, that took some discipline, like Joe said. It was getting used to it. How do we do it? How do we do it better? What kind of um, lighting is right? What's the best way to showcase your meals? All of that took some time to learn. So anybody listening that is interested in doing marketing of their own program, just like we tell people when they want to change their menu, they want to innovate, start small. Start where your low-hanging fruit is and make those small steps towards doing something bigger and better. A lot of people are hesitant yeah. to do it because, you know, they don't want to start fresh and they have zero followers. And, you know, my advice to them is don't look at that follower number. Right. It don't it really don't matter. Obviously, the more followers you get, the more impactful your platform is. And, um, you know, we connect with well, I mean, part tens and tens and tens of thousands of people every day. But the most important yeah. thing is just to, just to do it. Just get out there and do it. And you you yep. mentioned a couple things that that you learned from me, but our model for what is a what does a Facebook post need to look like? There's three magic things we need to highlight: amazing food, mm -hmm. happy students, and incredible staff. Yep, that's that's the winning model. I mean, if you can capture all those, done, 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 done. And you know, we post some yep. pretty we post some pretty aggressive stuff on our social media platforms and you know people who haven't visited us sometimes doubt that what they see is real and i don't know if you were one of them before you visited us i know i know somebody I was, actually I was not but i spoke to a lot of haters <laughs> yeah and you know what it, and i'll tell you it's a lot of people have said oh it's fraudulent that's fake food well no it's actually real food well that's food they prepared just for pictures no that that's actual food that we prepared for students that server line can't look. No, that's actually yeah. a server line that we took pictures of before the first first student came in. You know, it would be ridiculous to have this fake offsite kitchen like I've been told we have here um, to produce <laughs> fake food for fake photos. And here's what I could tell you: we got way too many followers. We were pushing twenty one thousand followers on our Facebook page alone, not counting the other platforms at this point. Um, and we're pretty aggressive with our posting. We post. One, two, three, four, five times a day. Sometimes, mm -hmm. if yeah. we were a fraud, I, I love. We were a fraud. We'd be would be called out for being a fraud by people who actually come here right mm -hmm. now. I would I would be fired yeah. for for lying on Facebook. You know, my my superintendent, in my administration wouldn't tolerate me putting out incredible pictures of amazing food when we're really serving garbage. So right. just so everybody knows that don't don't worry about haters. Haters are good. Every time somebody hates on me, I'm not mad at them. I get it. Makes me better though. This is fuel. Steel, yeah, it's man. fuel. I love Steel, it. I love haters. Baby. That's right. Haters are the <laughs> greatest. That just means that I'm doing a good job. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love it how 
you invite the haters to come and visit your district. Like you take it a step further. Like you don't just email a response back or no, say something on social media. You'll extend the invite and say, Hey, come, come check us out. You know, I love and that. You, you know what? I'll, but, even, um, I'll even tell them, you tell me what day I'm not going to, we're not going to create any special menu for that day. You're going to come. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see it. you come on rib day or prime rib grilled cheese day, but I mean, you want to come on taco day. That's cool too. Yeah. Eat loaf day is yeah. a good day to come. There's yeah. a lot of great days to come. So you tell me when you come. We're not going to do anything special. We'll be at school. And uh, yeah. hate if you want to hate, but um, this is what a good program looks like. Um, this didn't happen overnight. This is a lot of grind and a lot of work and a lot of amazing hiring that happened here first. And then after that, yeah. a ton of training, a ton of follow-up. And then every day we get a little bit better. Every day. Yep. Every day. So who and else? I kind of want to go back to the whole. Oh, go ahead. To the, the whole thing with um, not being districts not being able to post on social media or child nutrition programs not being able to post, and I kind of think that's part of a larger problem because these school districts and a lot of people out there don't really understand or view child nutrition programs as an actual business. Like you guys are a business. You guys should have your own brand, and you guys are one of two profit generating departments within a school district. So if, you know, if McDonald's and Outback Steakhouse and all those places around you can't have a Facebook account, why shouldn't you? Because you have a brand to push. And ultimately you're trying to feed kids, right? So you should definitely be able to share. Absolutely. And and I know why some districts are scared because a social media account in the hands of somebody who's not pretty savvy and careful could do damage to a district's reputation. Yeah, I get that. Quickly. You know, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of concern around, you know, student faces being in there accidentally because some students can't. So, But there's a procedure here in Greenville. We know how to check. Any student you see in our pictures has already been vetted out. We understand that everybody that's in this line of kids that we're taking the pictures that come down the line, they're all good to go. You know, oftentimes, yeah. sometimes they're not, not oftentimes, but sometimes they're not. So we got to make sure we're, we're taking the right pictures and doing it the right way. And at the end of the day, making sure we put our district in the greatest light possible. Right. All right. So we're trying to highlight, yeah. we're informing our community. This is what we're doing for your kids. This is not yeah. normal. Your kids are eating incredible food, the best ingredients, the freshest fruit and vegetables. We're doing everything right. And here it is. And at the same time, we're telling our staff, you are awesome. Mm-hmm. There's nobody better than you. And I get I get some people like, why? There's 14 town school districts. Why do you keep saying yours is the best? I was like, because that's my team. Right. If I'm not yeah. their cheerleader, who's their cheerleader? Should I say, hey, exactly. we're the 10th best food service program in the country? <laughs> Hell no. We are the greatest. And you know what? If you want to step up and say, I'm greater than you, bring it on, baby. Let's go. I will yeah. I will relish that opportunity to compare programs and then congratulate each other for doing amazing work. That's right. Because at the end of the day, my job here, I answer to my community, my superintendent, my school board. I'm responsible for feeding the students of the parents here in Greenville incredible food. And it is my responsibility to make sure my people have what they need to be successful and that they're recognized because this group is the least recognized group of any any group of people I've ever worked for with and and supported. It's just they need to be recognized for what they do. They're not doing it for money. They're not doing it for glory. They're doing it because they, you know, the hours are good, you know, and the schedule's good. But there's other jobs that can give you that. They're doing that because they they really take pride in what they do. 
And if and if you're gonna hate on Greenville for saying that, yeah, we got the the best rock star uh, employees in the country, don't do it. Tell your staff don't the same thing. It. Tell your staff the same thing because they're right. great. They need to they need to be told they're great because they are great. Yeah, they, it's hard ass work here, man. So so passionate about what they do. Like I, one of my favorite things about touring a cafeteria or a food court in a school district is when I hear the cashier knowing every student right. by name. Mm-hmm. How in the world do they do that? Dude, like, I've been doing this for 15 years. That so blows me kids. away. Yep. That blows me away. Yeah, it don't matter if it's 200 kids in that school or 900. And sometimes I'm like, yep. they're just making that up. Let me, let me look. Oh, damn, that is their name. No, I had a manager that knew their student ID numbers. Kids would come up to the line without their tag or anything else. And she'd go, oh, hold on, baby. And just type in their number. And I was like, what are you? How? So how is? Crazy. Are you sure? That mind works very differently than mine. Dude, she was well, impressive. Well, get this. So, so when I first accepted my position at Pasco County, I was the IT program manager for Food Nutrition Services. I bit, like my very first school I wanted to go to was my elementary school, Lake Myrtle Elementary. And would you believe that when I walked into that school, I don't know how many years later, like fifteen plus years later, the manager there remembered me from when I was a child, a child and went to that school. I love it. Like wow. these people care yeah they absolutely care or you had some very distinctive features (laughs) i don't think it was that and 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 i was a good kid too so i mean i don't know why you remember me i was (laughs) yeah i am yeah that's crazy how they do that it's it's absolutely amazing (laughs) to me we have we have a high school here where we had a manager working and she's a great manager up up in near the mountains of, of uh northern northern greenville um, who was the cafeteria manager when our when our uh, coordinator of personnel went to school and was also the cafeteria operations. manager coordinator of operations that's right coordinator of operations and was also the the cafeteria manager when the principal of that school who's there now was there it's it's just it's cool you don't get into this well, business and stay in this business if you don't love kids mm-hmm. and I think yeah. I think everybody needs to do a better job or the best they can do at, at really promoting their program because it matters and so. It does a couple other things too, and we learned this early on. So early on, the 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 goal of our social media was was really to highlight happy kids eating good food served by great people, um, and that was r- right at the same time we were really transitioning into a different kind of program, serving higher quality food and more fresh fruit and more scratch meals. It was like it was a difficult time here in Greenville because we're we're so large and we're trying to spread this change throughout all the schools, but we knew it was going to take time. What we didn't know would happen with our social media platform, because in the beginning, I mean, we weren't taking pictures of 100 schools because maybe 60 of them were Facebook worthy. The rest of them were getting there. But, you know, the other schools who were still working towards our new standards were able to to see what we were posting on Facebook and say, hey, I want to get on Facebook. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is, I see the recipe. We're following the recipe. They tell me how to present it, but, oh, man, a picture or a video of what's really going on in an exemplary program here in Greenville, that's what I need to emulate. And before you know it, it just become this competition. How do I get on Facebook? Well, you just you put out the best food every single day. Yeah. And it became a training. Yeah. It became a... Uh, uh, unintentional training platform for us because people were really seeing, oh, 
That's what they mean mm -hmm. when they say this in their recipe. Oh, that's what my area manager is trying to describe to me needs to happen with my serving line. I could see it now. So, it, I mean, it was so good for that. And the last thing it turned into be, maybe not the last thing, but the next thing it turned into be, uh, which was absolutely unintentional, was it turned into a vehicle that connected me with districts around the country. People I've never heard of before, may, some I had heard of before, some I have seen at national conferences, but oftentimes, no. Um, people that just saw our platform and really liked it and said, hey, let's talk. We want to do something different. How, how do we get there? And, and so it, it became a vehicle that really connected us with hundreds and hundreds of people around the country. And to this day, we still do. COVID kind of put a uh, put the brakes on it, but pre-COVID and now current now, we, we host 10 to 20 visits a year from districts around the country. And the visits last a day or two, and they, they end up being best practice sharing sessions, very similar to what happened when you came here the first time, Marlon. And at the yeah. end of it, we're friends, we're connected. Mm -hmm. You know, they come here for a specific reason, whether it's for food, business advice, um, trying to learn our HR practices. And the wonderful thing about Greenville is we've got so many great people working in every one of those uh, departments within our department that I'm able to say, all right, the one lady came here and she goes, I don't, I don't want to see your food. I'm just curious about your, your training program. Can I come there and not look at your food and just learn about your training program? Yeah. Here's Chris Bellman. Mm -hmm. You know, Chris was spent a day with them and, and, Talk about how we train people and what our management training program looks like. And at the end of it, give them all those resources so they can take them back to their district and, and uh, utilize them. And we're, we're a big proponent in sharing amongst districts. So, you know, yep. what started out as a way to highlight food and staff and kids just turned into this monster that really just kept driving us forward and has, has forged really good connections. Well, that's a pretty big testament to you guys and the way that you hire to even have, um, you know, uh, cafeteria staff that want to be better and they want to get on Facebook and they yeah. want to compete, but in a positive way. Right. And yeah. that's super cool. And I also love um, when the districts actually start competing because, yeah, like you guys aren't truly competitors, but you like to try and, you know, have some friendly competition, but then also share that success and those methods that you use to get to that success with that same district you were, you know, competing with after you beat them. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, that, that's it. a great way to put it. But usually, usually when we're yeah. competing, it's like, uh, all right, let's do this. And a great example. You know, and I'm going to ask you, I, I know a good number of programs that do a good job around the country uh, via social media marketing their program, but one of them isn't too far from us. It's only about two, two and a half hours away from us, uh, just a little south down 85, and it's our friends from uh, Gwinnett County. They do a rock star job. I was just, talking about them. What's that? You were talking about them? I was actually them? talking about them. Oh. Yeah, I was talking about them, yeah. Oh, I know great. about you too. Yeah, <laughs> no, they do a fabulous job, and they're some of the greatest people to work with. And, you know, and, and they're they're a little larger than us, uh, almost by twice, actually, almost by twice the size. But we do, we're both very chef-driven programs. I think, you know, they have they have different obstacles that prevent them from serving our exact service model, but they serve rock star food, yeah. you know, and they do a great job of really telling their story. And I don't know if I said this right, but I'm going to say it because it's important to tell your story. 
Because if you don't tell your story, somebody's going to tell it for you. And 100% of the time, or very close to that, that story is not going to be accurate. Right. So you need to tell your story. You need to be honest about it. You need to highlight your people. You need to show your food. You need to show all your successes. It's not braggadocious. It's just like, this is our responsibility to show the world yeah. and our community the amazing work being done by these people for our kids. Because at the end of the day, we're just here for the kids. So, I mean, I think it's really important. And Gwyneth does a great job. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're fun to partner with. We've, we've met them. Um, we've met them uh, for some menu ideation sessions down at Buckhead Beef in Atlanta. So offsite from both of our districts, but closer to their district. And, you know, working with some of our friends from Certified Angus Beef and Buckhead Beef to develop some recipes that, that we can use uh, in connection with each other. We've done days where, dude, my slider's better than your slider. They're like, yeah, right. My <laughs> slider's better than your slider. I was like, let's find out. You serve <laughs> one of your sliders along with one of my sliders on the same day I do one of my sliders with one of your sliders, and we'll see what happens. And dang it, theirs was good. It was so yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't awesome. never, I, that's a, this is the first time I've admitted it. that was a good sandwich. it's very big of you joe to come out all these years later (laughs) yeah it was there's been enough time in there where i can admit it now it was so good but so was ours but you know how cool was that that two of the largest school districts in the nation because they're large we're one of the largest they're even larger than us almost by twice did something in connection with each other highlighted and promoted it on the same day on each on on our own platforms and our kids won. Yeah, that's cool. Right? Our kids won. At the end of the day, our kids won. We both got yep. to post some pretty all cool about stuff. The kids. But you know what? Our Both of our egos are saying, my slider's better than your slider. All that did was result in our kids getting incredible food that day. Right. So how cool is that? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. So and who, who, who else does a good tough. job out there do you, that you can think of? Is there is there anybody oh, else really so, crushing it? Uh, Aurora County, Shannon Solomon, is super innovative. Where's that there. at? Colorado. Uh, Colorado. Yeah. Colorado. Oh, yeah. 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 She does a good job. Yeah, with cool. guest host fever stuff. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, Katie Cassette is at St. Brain, and they are about to drop some crazy farm to table type stuff out there. Where is so, that? Lauren, so we don't even know about them, but we need to with connect them. with them now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You said you I said was... farm to table stuff, and, and like all of a sudden, it... I'm ready. I'm ready, pen and paper. Let's go. <laughs> Tell Lauren me more. woke up. She was half asleep a minute ago. <laughs> so, so if I remember correctly, they actually have, so they have farms within their district and they grow like cattle and Sweet. they had lamb one day on their menu and their lamb was from their actual farms and it looked Sweet. delicious. No, and you if did you tell me about them. If you don't connect us with them after this podcast, you are officially banned <laughs> From I'm done. <laughs> the state of South Carolina moving forward. Those are people <laughs> we right, need to connect right. with. So this is this is great. This is exactly what we're talking about. You know, the power of social media and how to connect people. I didn't know anything about them, but I need to know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Marlon yeah, did share that cool. with me before and sent me the photos from uh, their posts and what they did. And it is very, very cool. And that's the kind of stuff that I love to see is that, you know, Going back to talking about like farm to table, farm to school stuff, people get so hung up on fruits and vegetables when it comes to farm to school. And there is so much more out there than just the produce aspect of farm to school. And uh, those guys did something really cool that day. It was uh, almost like a uh, 
Greek, right, with the tzatziki sauce or something that they yeah. did. The gyro. Yep. They did, they did the gyro with, cool. with a farm-raised mm-hmm. goat. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to go see yeah. them. I need to go see them. Oh. Yeah, it looked amazing. And um, who else? So San Diego Unified, they're doing some really cool things. Seattle Public Schools as well. I mean, there's so many districts out there that um, are doing amazing stuff. But the thing is, like, we're all the mid-sized districts and even smaller districts. Right. Like, I, I feel like because they have they feel like they're in a different box. They can't share their successes, but they can, they need to, They need um, to. you know, they need to. Yeah. I mean, like I, we understand that, you know, scale is different. Like certain districts can do more things than others. But if you're a small district, even with like one or two schools, you can still post your success and you should be proud of it and, you know, amp up your community and your team and Absolutely. your kids and that sort of thing. So anybody can do it. Yeah. But how about those districts who are, not allowed. And, you know, I really, I wish I knew what percentage of districts were allowed to control their own social media platforms and the ones that aren't, um, because I, I really don't have any clue what that is. And I think this, this may be one of the reasons why a lot of, a lot of great districts don't get the recognition mm-hmm. they deserve because maybe they're not allowed either. They're not doing it because they just don't think it's important or they're not allowed. And I wish, I wish I knew what that was. Um, because I know some, what? I know some really large districts that do great jobs that are not allowed. I'm like, dude, if I was your boss, I'd be begging you to show that right. stuff because you do great yeah. work. Yeah. You do great. Yep. You're a national speaker at all the conferences, and when you go there, you're eloquent and you're professional, and you understand this industry better than anybody. And I know for facts, I've been in your district. Your food looks amazing, but you can't show anybody. Yeah, it's crazy to me. So I had a question for you guys. Like, what if there was a third party that was willing to take all this content and then post on a district's behalf. Do you think certain districts would go for that? They can't have their own program. Like we can tag your district. We can do all that stuff. But if your district isn't going to share, like we'll share for you. Yeah. You know, and and I think, I think, I think you're going to run into situations. I think this, that's going to be good because there's a lot of districts that can do it if they had the capabilities of doing it, that don't do it. And then there's a lot of districts that I think, do great work, but aren't allowed to do it. So I don't know. I think, I think if they wouldn't allow a food service director or one of his or her people to do it, you know, maybe 50% of those would allow a professional third party company in there. But a lot of people are scared. They're, they're scared. Yeah. They're scared of, of any kind of um, missteps in any social media. Cause social media is a wonderful and horrible thing at the same time. Right. It's <laughs> oh, a yeah, beautiful, it's a beautiful thing that sometimes is really ugly. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Well, I'm I mean, putting this out there right now. Yeah, come on. If there's any district that wants us to share on their behalf, we are happy to do that. And I'm not even talking to social media. Like we love highlighting school districts and serve inside yes, of sir. our digizine. Mm-hmm. So if there's ever any point or any time somebody wants to share something amazing about what they've done in their program, send it to info at nextgennetwork.com and that's n-x-t-g-e-n network.com and we'll put it in serve and we'll highlight it because not only is that going to to uh motivate the the staff of that district but it's going to motivate other people to to do cool things and maybe somebody will see what you guys are doing and then reach out to you to ask how you did it and then implement something that they can do within their within their program, right? So we would love to share on behalf of any school district out there. And I think that would be incredibly We're helpful. You know, we talked about the smaller counties out there, and now they have their own challenges and they have their own 
you know, successes and ways that they can do things that we can't. But I think that might be something mm-hmm. where they don't have the staff on board to do it or the time because, I mean, you know, look at Amanda, right? When it's a smaller county, the director has so much more hands-on within a location, it seems, because they've got three schools or something, and you're not just the director, you're the procurement person, you're the menu planner, and you're the supervisor of this location. It gets crazy out there for them. So to have somebody like you guys that could take that on and just share their stories. Now, granted... And you're not charging them anything for that, are you? No, of course not. Do it for free. Yeah, good. Is that for real? Yeah, try to help out. Yeah, for real. Like, yeah. Send me your pictures and a couple lines. And I, I didn't know if we had to make a quick edit today. or not. No, 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 no. I knew <laughs> no. that was the case, but it wasn't clear on here. And I, I want to say this. I said it on, uh, on the last podcast. So this School Food Rocks podcast does not endorse anybody. We're not here to endorse a manufacturer, any vendors, anybody providing any services. We don't want to do that because we don't we don't take any money from anybody. We have no intention to. And so we're we're never going to promote anybody. Now we're only going to have people on this podcast that that we think are valuable. So if you want to call that endorsement, it is. Okay. I'm not going to have anybody on here that I think does horrible work or will bring no value to anybody. Definitely, definitely not. But I didn't know from this podcast, and it's clear to me that that maybe our listeners wouldn't either. That's why I wanted to ask him that question, and I knew this ahead of time. No, no, he he wants to share good work being done in schools, and it's digi Yeah, mm-hmm. he doesn't charge yeah. districts Try money. And inspire others. He does yeah. not charge districts money, and that that's a great thing. Yeah. Now, obviously, you're you're yeah. you're earning revenue from from other sources, but just not off the yeah. backs of school districts who need those funds to put towards better food exactly. and staff, right? Right. Like, that's important. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, I, I was going to say earlier, it's um, it's cool that you have districts and other, you know, partnering school districts that you can share success with because, I mean, this might be another conversation, but it's sometimes it's difficult to find people that you can share your success with, but without them take it, uh, taking it as you bragging, Right. Right. So it's cool that you have districts like Gwinnett. You'd be like, oh, hey, like we made this this slider and it's delicious. We think it's better than yours. Let's have a competition about it. Or, you know, we launched this new program and come check it out. Because so many times, like I, like, I get excited. I get fired up about stuff, right? And I want to call my friend and tell them about this latest success or this new idea or whatever it is. But then sometimes people take it the wrong way. So it's almost like you're forced to to confine yourself and your successes that you want to share to inspire others to a small circle. When I wish we could just blast all over social media without people thinking we're being arrogant or whatever. I'm going to give you some advice on this because um, let's go. Because I struggled with that tremendously early on in my social media um, endeavors here in Greenville County schools. I don't think anybody that you know, I know that listens to us, that follows our social media, will think that I struggle with that anymore. I don't. I, I tell. <laughs> I tell the story, but I struggle with that because I'm like, there's a balance. I know everybody can't. You know, everybody's not equal, and some people are doing a great job, and some people can't for whatever reason. And you know, where's the fine line between highlighting good food and great workers and happy kids, and where's and where does it become braggadocious? And I struggled with that especially early on, I kept my face off of all of them. None of the posts were about me. If you look way back, you have to go pretty far back. But if you go way back, none of them had anything to do with me. It was all about the people. And then I forget who mentioned it to me. Like, dude, tell your story. Mm-hmm. 
I said, "Him?" They said, "No, you're 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 putting a snapshot of the beginning of a story. Tell your story." So I, again, I didn't want to be braggadocious, and it was, but it needed to be told, and you just need to do it, Marlon. Yeah, absolutely. You just need to do it. And you know what? And the haters are gonna hate, and that's okay. I mean, you, we don't ever put anybody else down in the, in this country because my certified Angus beef is better than your 95-ingredient pre-processed burger. No, I mean, everybody needs to do the best they can do. But I'm going to tell you how it's done great because it's being done here. Yeah. And it didn't happen overnight. It happened with a lot of good hires. It happened with a 1,000 incremental steps over the years. And it happened with equal amount of failures over the years. And you know, we don't, we don't fear failure. We take risks. And when we fail, we don't do that again, or we learn right. from it and do it better. You know, it kind of, exactly. that's how you grow. I love failing. So only <laughs> you, failing is necessary. Failing's necessary. Yeah. yeah. I mean, You're I love failing, uh, not trying. That's right. that's right. I love what you guys are saying. Cause that makes me think of Dolly Parton. And anytime I get the opportunity to quote Dolly Parton, I'm going to take it. <laughs> and uh, one of my favorite quotes of hers, it's not Jolene, is it? No, I'm not going to sing. Okay. <laughs> Good Lord, I'll save you all from that. But one of uh, my favorite quotes of hers is, if I don't toot my own horn, how will they hear me coming? That's and right. uh, no joke. You know, it's it's okay to be proud of yourself and of your team and to share that with others. And the first time I think I ever heard somebody say to me, haters going to hate, was you, Marlon, when somebody was <laughs> trash talking Greenville and I had just been hired and we hadn't announced it and you knew because you're the one that introduced me to Joe. So I think I told you and maybe two other people at this point. And yeah. uh, I was scared <laughs> with their trash talk of what they were saying. And I was like, dude, what did you get me into? What are they talking about? I love me some haters. <laughs> and you were just like, dude, oh, haters are going to hate. Don't worry about it. But it is uh, it's, uh, yeah. it is something that... Um, it's funny, funny great. thing. Though, I want to say this out loud because I probably I might have said it again, but I'm saying it again. I don't care. He was salty, and I didn't find out yeah. until two, three years later. But dude, that's the same salty dude that used to email me asking me for advice. I think it's when you feel like your other people are doing something, and you're working. And again, you know, we were talking about. I can't remember. I hate that I'm doing this. I can't remember if it was this podcast or the other one we did today, but talking about how we all have the same mission at hand, but yes. we're not all in the same boat. You know, people looking at our social mm -hmm. media and can think like, um, you know, the the positive of it, of that's amazing. I want to try to do that. I want to be like that. Or you could look at the people who are taking it from a negative context and, or yeah, context and going, oh, they're fake, they're frauds, they're bragging. Well, no, you know, we're working with probably different tools than that's you right. are. And you. that's why I go back to what I said earlier. If you want to take on this, you know, marketing of your program in the best possible way. You don't have to be where we are now because it took us a while to get here, but start small. And I love, Marlon, that you and uh, served and all of them, Next Gen, want to promote people and it's at no cost to them because what is there to lose then? I hope people hear this and share with you guys. But I also have a question for both you and Joe. But since you're our guest, Marlon, I'll, I'll go with you first. You know, we're talking about <laughs> all of the amazing things of social media. However, from my personal um, experience, one of the reasons my previous district did not want me to have my own Facebook account was how are we going to manage the negative comments? How are you going to manage the negativity coming in? And I remember at that point being like, you've clearly never eaten with us and thanks for the slap in the face. <laughs> because, yeah. um, you know, one, I, I don't want to answer for you. So if that is other people's fear, what's your advice to them on the negativity that may come up through social media? 
Well, first of all, I, I, I don't feel like you should be afraid to, to attack the negativity and, mm-hmm. and out, like you can even be proactive, right? So if you're flooding your social media with tons of images of happy staff, smiling kids, eating good food, and some parent posts some horrible photo of something that they found someplace 20 years ago, well, you know what, go ahead and respond professionally and kindly, but then link a previous post or share something else that you guys have done so they can get a true vision of what your program is actually all about. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times the parents, they don't know. They only hear what their what they're upset children is saying or child is saying, right? And mm-hmm. they may not have the full picture and you just have to educate them and you know, really, like if you're doing a good job promoting your your program and sharing the the good photos, every once in a while, when you get that bad one and that bad post or that bad share or whatever it is, just redirect it into something positive. Right. So I think one of the things that some people do is they'll go, oh, just delete it. And I think, no, there's there's a lesson to be learned in there. And Joe, Mm -hmm. so same question to you from your standpoint of view, like, how do you think that, uh, how do you handle and what do you think can be positive about those negative comments? That was very tough early on, especially when we were brand new at it, at, it, uh, at a time when we were just really transitioning our program from a good quality program to an outstanding program. Um, that was, I mean, it happened a little bit in the beginning. And um, I got to say this. It's interesting to me. And I hope nobody takes this the wrong way because I have three kids, but they're all grown now. But I never thought this way. It's interesting to me that a a child could come home and tell their parent, hey, I ate a rodent sandwich for lunch today. That's all that was available. It was literally two pieces of white bread with a rat in between it. You know, and they take that for gospel. You know, and, and I even asked one parent one time, I was like, you know, this is so outside the norm. I, I think your kid may not be telling you the whole truth or I didn't want to call him a liar. And the lady's like, my kid never lies. I'm like, dude, I've had three kids. It's yeah. interesting to me that parents never believe their kids are lying about school food, but they believe every other, they believe they're lying about every other thing they, that happens with them once they get home from school till they go to bed. So, First thing, you know, when it happened, it almost never happens anymore because we got such a great staff and so many office support people going out around schools, making sure everything's good. That being said, things happen. You know, it's a food business. We serve 85,000 meals a day. Mm -hmm. You know, impossibility. And it's 15 million plus meals a year, school year, not a regular year, just a school year, nine months. It's an impossibility that out of 15 million meals, Every one of them's going to be perfect. You're going to mess up. Things happen. So, I mean, first and foremost, I get it, when it happened, and it almost never happens anymore, but it happened a good bit in the early stages 10 years ago or 12 years ago. I mean, you got to look at it and say, is this real? First, I mean, if they're cussing, if they're calling our staff, um, we, we set some parameters in there where if anybody uses any cuss words, it, it won't allow them to post. So that, that doesn't happen anymore. But if if it's if it's derogatory comments towards a staff member like that i don't even want to say the words but sometimes they do say some mm-hmm. things i mean if it's if it's if it's not courteous and uh defamatory in nature i just don't allow it i'll, right. I'll have a side conversation with that parent but if they say hey my kid got um uh 
medium rare cheeseburger today. You know what? It may happen. We need to look into it. And Mm -hmm. we look into every single one of them. You know, and thankfully I got great staff here, including the quality assurance specialist who used to be our third party food safety auditor who investigates every single complaint, no matter how real or ridiculous they sound. We take every every complaint real. Again, 85,000 meals. Something's going to happen. Yep. We're not going to hit a home run every time. And, ma'am, if you're right, we're going to fix it. That's right. You know, we're going to own it and we're going to fix it. Or we're going to tell you, yeah, your kid's not telling you the truth because, mm-hmm. you know, Here's what the data shows. Here's what our investigation shows. Um, So, you know, either we're going to say, hey, there's something there. We're going to fix it. My bad. We apologize. We own it if it's real. If it's not real, we don't own it. We just let them know. There's no factual basis to that claim. A tactic I I used to like to use, and I never get taken up on it anymore because we rarely, if ever, get those kind of complaints anymore. Um, But they're like, you know, and they, they would pick a school. This would come from a school where, man, I know they're doing a great job. Even early on, they were one of the 20 schools that were killing it. You know, my kid comes home every day, said the food's cold and inedible, and there's, they run out of every option. I'm like, well, I know that's not true. I visited that school last week, but, you know, maybe they had a bad day, so let me look into it. Mm-hmm. You know, if I look into it, and I said, you know what, ma'am? Why don't you tell me what day and what time you want to meet me at her child's school? You tell me what day. What time? I don't care what the, what menu day it is. I don't need any. If it happens within the next week, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna keep my lunch calendar free, which I usually do, so I can visit schools. You tell me what day you want to meet, and I'll meet you there. And let's see if what your child's telling you is the truth. I've had a few of them take me up on it uh, ten years ago or so, um, and every time that happened, they're like, "Ah, that little liar." Right. Really? Did you guys yeah. just do a better job? Mind. Did you guys do a better job today than you normally do just because you knew I was coming? I said, no, I told you to call me in the morning. I did, didn't really have a lot of notice to do that. But while you're here, why don't you talk to the, why don't you talk to the other kids? Why don't you talk to the yeah. teachers? You know, and so that's a great way to, great way to shut them down. But, you know, 85,000 meals a day, you're not going to hit a home run every day. You can't expect to be perfect my expectation is that we strive to be perfect. And when we don't hit that target, we learn from it and move forward. Mm -hmm. And it happens for a variety of reasons. You know, things happen. I mean, people don't get as mad when they go to a restaurant and they mess up on one little meal and they, they can almost forgive it because of labor shortages or whatever, but God forbid it happens in a school, you know, but here's the thing. We're human. You know, we run an exemplary program, but we're human and we, do a stupid amount of meals every day. And we're going to strive to make every one of those 85,000 meals the most amazing experience possible. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen to all of them, but I guarantee it's going to happen to 84,980 something of them, you know, and when it doesn't happen to those other 20 that day and we find out about it, we go in there and we support our staff and we make right. sure that we understand what their challenges were that day understand how we can help them improve because that, you know, you can't expect to be perfect, but you should always strive to be perfect. That's right. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. So Lauren, before we wrap this up too, (laughs) Lauren mentioned earlier about tooting horns. So I want to hear something cool that you guys are doing that you're proud of. God, where do we start? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's a long list. I'm have sure. you not looked at my something. social media pages? I mean, I, I mean, I'll tune it a little bit. And this is, you know, this is, this is just me repeating the same stuff I repeat all the time. But you know, 
we are the first and only school district in the nation to ever be certified, to be licensed to serve certified Angus beef. And, you know, I toot that a lot and people get mad at that. Like, Hey, you know, why does that matter? Well, I mean, it matters. I mean, I don't think all school districts need to do certified Angus beef, but I think they need to serve the highest quality product their program is allowed to serve. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we were able to slowly get into premium beef business here in in this district and turn that into a hundred percent of our beef products, a hundred percent of our time being certified Angus beef for our listeners, you know, go learn about the 10 standards that need to be met before beef can be certified to be certified Angus beef. It meets 10 quality standards. And if it meets nine out of 10, it's not, it's then graded as USDA choice. There's nothing wrong with normal USDA choice, but you know, we're very proud of the fact that, that we're serving our kids the highest quality food possible here in Greenville. Proud of the fact that we're really pushing our farm to school efforts here with Lauren Proud of the fact that, you know, we're, we're finding ways to serve, continually finding ways to serve more scratch and speech scratch meals to our, to our students. Proud of the fact that we got salad bars at every school, that we have nothing but fresh fruit and removed canned fruit. Proud of the fact that everything we're proud of today mm-hmm. is not good enough tomorrow and we got to get a little better. Right. Preach. I love that. (laughs) Never are satisfied. And we talked about gotta stay hungry. Start talk about competing with other districts and some of them, whatever. But here's the reality. Our only competition is yesterday. That's right. Okay. Yesterday. Yesterday we killed it. Oh crap. Now I gotta beat yesterday. That means we gotta be better today. That's right. I mean, but it, it, it you pay attention to every possible minute detail of your program and find a way to get just a little bit better than yesterday. In the early days, it was easy because we had a lot of improvements that we could make, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're like, ah, let's take some low-hanging fruit that was like simple, stupid, and didn't really cost us any money. Like, wow, we just made changes overnight. Mm -hmm. And we kept building upon that. But our only competition, now, we want every other school district in this country to be the best version of them they could be. If they could be yeah. better than Greenville, good on you. Mm-hmm. Good on you. Do it. Your kids deserve it. You know, right. I want that. I want that. But I want our program to be better than yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. how I we roll. Crushing it. How about and that you, was Lauren? one of the things that stuck with me whenever we first met. Is that that's something that you said you're always competing against yesterday? I was like, man, like yesterday, dude. that in my company. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I don't care about the guy down the street. Got Lauren? Yeah, you know, it's one of my um, absolute favorite things about working here is starting with the people I work with. This team is just like another, I mean, you cannot compare. When I came here in my interview uh, with Joe and Chris almost three years ago now, no, it is three years ago at this point, and we might be right at the anniversary of actually. We're not celebrating. Um, we might celebrate with some cake after this podcast. That? <laughs> that sounds great. In my honor, I'm sure. In your honor. Um, one of the things that they were like, well, you know, what are you, what would make a different working environment for you that you would, might interest you in coming here? And I said, one of, you know, I didn't really know about them. Truly, Marlon, it was you and Bree that told me about them. I was in the 
dark on following them on social media. Which I, should have been the first red flag for you. I mean, you, you should have just not even hired me. Like exactly. Um, but I didn't know. I didn't know about them. I didn't know about Joe. I didn't know about the program and what, what we were doing here. Um, but I had said to them, I would love to work somewhere where all we're focused on is feeding the kids and the politics and the drama can go to the side. And Joe was like, oh, we got no drama here. Nope. And I was like, like, really? And he's like, yes. no. He's like, one, I don't stand for it. Two, there's no need. Like, why would, what, what kind of drum are we going to have here? We don't, we don't do that at all. It gets in the way of serving good, good food to kids. It does. It's a waste of time yeah. and energy. And your focus should be on what your purpose is. And one of my favorite things about working here is the people I work with. They are just phenomenal. From the people in the office to the people in this room right now, uh, to the people in the kitchens that I go and visit every day. There's just no better team because what we do here is not easy. What any school nutrition program does is not easy. It is hard work. And I feel our standards are probably higher than anybody else in the nation. And that means oh, our staff, our people have to rise to those standards and expectations. And it is the most beautiful thing to see is that they do it with a smile. They love their job. Uh, I just, I, I have, you know, high praise for who I work with here. It's, it's a wonderful place to be. Um, and the amount of work and dedication that our people put into it is just top notch. And I would ditto everything that Joe said as well. There's, um, there's a drive here. There is never, we are settled, sit back. Let's, you know, we did good today, guys. Don't worry about tomorrow. That is not the message here. It is how do we make tomorrow better? And uh, I love it. It's uh, it's an amazing place. The kids deserve it. Mm-hmm. Our staff yeah, deserves it too. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So Marlon, yeah. usually I wrap up with some sort of call of action to our listeners, but I, I want to turn that over to you today. So um, before we go, give our listeners one last piece of advice to help them jumpstart their social media game. Ooh. Just don't be afraid. Get out there and toot your horn and practice. Just start taking pictures. You know what? You can start taking a, start taking pictures. They may not be great. But the more pictures you take, the better they'll become. And if That's you're worried right. about the messaging, you know, follow, start following some other districts and start mimicking them and yeah. innovating mm-hmm. off of what they're doing. Because honestly, the only way for us to get better, like there's there's pretty much no more new ideas anymore, right? It's all about innovation. Mm-hmm. So find a district that you love that you support and start innovate up what they're doing, but then also learn from them too and create that relationship and start sharing everything you possibly can on social media, because the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. That's great. Simple. Great, great advice. Thank it you. is. And we're all better together. We say it all the time here. Yes. I can't steal your customers. Yep. You can't take mine. Let's share best practices. Let's make each other better. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Well, that was absolutely. That was great, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, That's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks, Marlon, for jumping on with me and Lauren. It's been so much fun. Congratulations on your incredible success with NextGen. You've taken that to to an amazing level, and I can't wait to see what happens next with you guys. So uh, thank you for being here, and uh, that's it. Until next time, guys, let's go. Let's go. (laughs) See you guys. Thank you.